Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. So we have come to the end of our series on Oz. This is the last week today. Last week where we left off, Dorothy and her friends had put an end to the witch. And now they were headed back to see the wizard and demand that what had been promised. And they get there and are dismayed to have the, the wizard saying, no, he's still not going to give it to them. But Dorothy has changed in this hero's journey. She's not willing to just say, oh, darn. She's saying, if you were any kind of a wizard, you would keep your promises. So she is claiming from the divine. She is claiming what is hers. And we all have the ability to do that. We are not meant to go through life on our knees begging. We are meant to align with the divine and claim what is ours. And that's what she does. And the wizard doesn't, you know, do some potion or abracadabra. He just acknowledges... I see who's doing that. <laughs> Some of the glitches of a new board. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Pay no attention to the lady behind the screen. <laughs> what, what the wizard does is acknowledges what is already true for them, the powers that they already have, that they have been demonstrating all through the Oz journey. And so as we identify with this story, it's a message to us that we have all of these gifts already. It's just a matter of recognizing them. We, we are not, we don't need to go out and get them outside of ourselves. They are within us already. And then it's Dorothy's turn and she wants to go home. That's her, her claim from this whole journey. And that's kind of a botched attempt because Toto, who represents the life force, jumps out of the basket as the hot air balloon is leaving. And so she has to choose between Toto and home, but you can't leave your life force. And so she jumps out of the basket as well to reclaim the life force and now thinks that she can't get home and she's just really so broken hearted about that but Glinda who represents <clears throat> the higher power for her the great friend who is always there guarding and guiding appears and lets her know that the power is within her click your heels three times you've always been able to do this and her friends say, why didn't you tell her that before? And, and she said, well, she wouldn't have believed me. 
because I can stand here and say to each one of you, you have that power. But whatever it is that you're dealing with or whatever it is that I'm dealing with, we don't necessarily believe that that's true. And that's why we are required to take a hero's journey through life so that we discover for ourselves the powers that are there for us. And those journeys are harrowing. There are so many things that happen that we don't know how we're going to make it through. And yet we have the power. We always have the power. She comes home to Kansas, but she comes home changed. She has experienced this initiation. She is a different person, and she is bringing what they call in mythology the boon. She's bringing the, the, what she has gained through hard journeying. She is bringing that back to her world. And that is what each of us are called to do. Our individual growth and our work Our discovery of the power within is not for us alone. It is for us, but it is for the greater community. We are here to bless the world. And it may be through something we're going to do, some great mission, but but so much of it is just by being, by radiating the change that has happened within us. And that's where we have to look. We don't, we don't look outside of ourselves primarily with what to do. We look within with who to be, with how to change. And as we do this, something powerful happens in our world. I want to use the comparison because our world is in a place of crisis right now. We don't have to look very far to see that this is true. And when we think about what can we do, we're only one person or we're only one small community, what can we do? It seems overwhelming. But I want you to think about some comparisons, and that is, think about the Renaissance I'm pretty sure everybody got that one somewhere along the line in school. So you have the Dark Ages that were happening, and they were called the Dark Ages not probably at the time, but in retrospect, because there wasn't a lot of enlightenment going on. It was a time when the church was running the show, and the church and and the political structure were kind of linked, and... During this time, the emphasis was all on going to heaven someday, and it's too bad, it's miserable now, but you're gaining points. So that was kind of the culture. There were things happening like the bubonic plague. Um, there, there was the Inquisition was happening then. I mean, some of the really dark things that were going on, in it, and I'm talking about Western civilization, okay? Um, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert or 
assume that that was going on all over the world, but it was going on in the world that we have grown up in. Suddenly, there's the Renaissance, and within a single generation, you have a Leonardo da Vinci, a Michelangelo, you have people like Copernicus and um, Galileo. So you're, you're having, and so many more, I, I'm never going to remember the whole list of luminaries, but, but art is being transformed during this time. There's uh, Martin Luther starts the Reformation and, and begins a change and, and taking power back to the people in terms of, of the whole spiritual field. There, you have people like Magellan circling the world in a ship and discovering through firsthand knowledge that the world is in fact round and not flat despite what some still claim. Um, it, is, it is a time of great, amazing growth on every single level. How did that happen? How did we go from the Dark Ages to the Renaissance? It's something that I've heard some people call jump time. It's, it's just there's a quantum leap that happens, and it, it cannot be engineered. It is called for from the soul of the earth, the soul of who we are as beings. It's an evolutionary leap. And I believe that we are in that kind of time right now. So when we look around, we can be dismayed by the darkness that we see, the shadows, or we can focus on the light and say, something is happening. There is, there is a constriction happening here that is requiring a leap. And we, our role is to be open to serve, to let that light flow through us and follow whatever inspirations we are given. We cannot do this from a linear perspective. Think of it as butterfly time. And we are, we're crawling around here like caterpillars and maybe we've got ourselves into the cocoon. I mean, things are falling apart cocoon-like, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like suddenly there is nothing but goo inside the cocoon. And we're wondering, how do we get ourselves into this mess? And what can we possibly do? Everything is, seems to be over. And yet, within us are the imaginal cells. And we are becoming a butterfly. And we have it in us to burst forth. Yes, it's hard. The butterfly doesn't just... The butterfly has to struggle and beat its way out of the cocoon, strengthening its muscles in the process so that it can fly and have this new life. And we are engaged in that now as a society. If we continue to focus on what is wrong we prolong 
the time of experiencing what is wrong. Instead, we need to focus within. Think of it as a river of light. When Victor was singing the song about Suzanne takes you down to the river. Suzanne is the soul, the great soul. Suzanne is, the, is that energy that is leading us inward to discover the river of life. And there are treasures there. Everything that we need is there inside of us. As we go down to the river, think of all the stories that you know of, of baptism, Jesus stepping into the river, all the people going down to the river of Jordan and get out of the literal interpretation. We are in a time of myth and understanding things mythologically. As we step into the river, we wash away the thinking that keeps our story small. We open ourselves up to the river flows through us. We are the river. We are here to free the world by changing who we think we are and by opening up to a power that is so great. We had our mastermind meeting, only the second one, on Wednesday, and it was so amazing, the power that was in that room, the ideas and opportunities that were coming forth. And I was thinking about the story of Pentecost, which um, for those of you who were not Catholic, you may not remember this, but there, um, after Jesus rises from the dead and he hangs out with them for a period of time and then he ascends and he's gone, they think, and then he sends his Holy Spirit. That's the storyline. And the, the disciples are all gathered in this big room and I'm sure the conversation is going something like, now what? What are we going to do? We're on our own. We're not equipped. And the Holy Spirit comes through into that room and fills everyone with this amazing energy. They are so lit up by this energy that they pour out of there and they go out and they change the world. They are performing miracles. They are doing all the things that Jesus spent time teaching them. And you just know when you read the story in the Gospels that Jesus must have spent a lot of time like that, right? These guys are not getting it. But suddenly, after they are filled with this spirit, they are getting it. They're going out and they are healing people. And everybody wants to be part of it. They so want to be part of it that they are willing to be thrown into the lion's den in the amphitheaters, the Romans that are wanting to wipe out this powerful new, I don't want to call it a religion because it wasn't a religion at that point. It was a movement, a movement of spirit. People who were getting who they are. And that is what is being called for us. And in that mastermind meeting, that's what I was experiencing. And I realized, wow, 
Spirit is afoot here. Something is moving. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I just know it. I can feel it. It is moving. We are it. Know this. We are here to bless this world. That's what we're doing. And as we go into this, this story about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, we are going in to honor a myth that has been living for at least 2,000 years. And the myth of Bethlehem is that despite the poor conditions, despite the political inconveniences that may be going on, we connect with the divine being born into our world. We are that Christ child. It isn't something that happened 2,000 years ago. It is happening in this moment if we choose it. We are Mary saying, yes, yes, be it done unto me according to your word. And what is the word? It's the powerful, powerful speaking of truth. I am opening up to the presence of the divine flowing through me and blessing the world. That's what Christmas is about. And yes, there will be more. There will be a hero's journey. The hero's hero's journey is a cycle. We don't do it once and check it off our to-do list. We live it and live it again. And when we come home, we bring the whole world home. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to call our world home to itself. But we can only do that if we call ourselves home first. <laughs>